ברוכים הבאים בשם השם, ברכנוכם בבייס השם. Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shear. This Shabbos, Pashas Pekudei, Chazak. What are you doing? Pekudei, Chazak. Shabbos Mevorchim. Other Shani. The Chazan in seven seventy Shabbos of Archim, the Rishon said other Aleph. I guess we learn something new every year. This Shabbos, Shabbos Barachim, other Shani. We will not say other Bays. Other Shani. Maybe problem with the group. Could be the payment wasn't made again. Tonight, we have Zayin Oda. 27th day of Odorishan. And as we've done in the past, we discuss Shabbos, we discuss the date of Shabbos sometimes, or sometimes the day of this year. is a very significant date. There's a letter from the Rebbe responding to somebody who asked why was it referred to when a person's yard site is referred to as Yemilullah. Yemilullah means simcha, happiness. What is the happiness of somebody's passing? We know from the Rashbi, the Mishim by Yochai, like Bahamas is Yemilullah. We'll discuss Billy Nether. A little bit about the Neshama's mission and the happiness the Neshama has when it returns. I had recently this discussion with, I think, one of my sons. Also wanted to know the Chuchat Lula. The paradox, complete opposite situation. On one hand, we talk about the birth. We talk how great it is to be in the world, to exist on the world. Hello, Ellie. And then on the other hand, we turn around and we say that the Neshama has great pleasure and enjoyment by returning. 
to, to God. What is the ultimate mission? How does the mission work? We'll discuss. Chavzayin Adr, though, takes a different dimension. Chavzayin Adar, the 27th day of the Adarishan, we experience something that ultimately, till today, people are still trying to recover from. The Rebbe went to the Eil, Tavshin Nun Beis, 5752. The Rebbe went, as he did traditionally, to the Eil. As he was in the Eil, the Rebbe collapsed. And the Rebbe suffered a major, massive stroke. The first, is the Ohel, the Friedrich Rebbe, the previous Rebbe. He's buried here. They're side by side. Mm-hmm. I explained that to you several times. You've been there. Um, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately, fortunately, Hatzalah is always in every neighborhood, and therefore the first response team of Hatzalah was the team from Queens. And they came with an ambulance into the cemetery. And they examined the situation. We told the Rebbe he had to go to the hospital. As previously, in 1978, Tosh Lamar Ches, 1977, when the Rebbe suffered a stroke, the Rebbe suffered a stroke, the Rebbe suffered a heart attack, The doctors also insisted that the Rebbe be hospitalized, and the Rebbe said no. The Rebbe wanted the hospital to be brought to his room. My car didn't go through on the Skype, and the Skype needs to be paid $10 in order to... Oh, Tommy, it's for Robbie's, it's fine. The Rebbe refused to go to hospital as the hospital he brought to him and they set up an entire hospital in the Rebbe's room. The same now, the Rebbe told the ambulance attendants he refused to go to the hospital, he wanted to be brought to his room. But the Hatzala members of Queens were not Hasidim, didn't understand they understood that the Rebbe is a great person and everything, but they understood the medical angle of the story here. And the medical angle said that this patient needs to be in hospital. They brought the Rebbe into the ambulance, saying they're going to the hospital. But the ambulance didn't start. It wouldn't start tried this, they tried that, they could not start the ambulance. They called for backup. The ambulance from Crown Heights left when they heard the story also. They got there. As soon as the ambulance from there got there, they transferred the Rebbe to the Crown Heights ambulance, took the Rebbe back to 770. And as they were pulling away, the other ambulance started. Um... The story to us is not a, a phenomenon, because growing up we know that the Alter Rebbe had a similar story, 
several times with the Alter Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe. Was taken to prison. It was a Friday. And the Alter Rebbe would not travel after Chatzos, after midday. And he asked the driver to stop. He refused to stop. So the wheel broke. The wheel broke. They got it. Fixed the wheel. And the um, horse died. So ultimately, they realized that they're not starting up with the Altarebbe again, and they spent Shabbos on the side of the road. Also, in prison itself, when he was going to be interrogated, the prison was on one side, interrogation was another side of a river. And it was a new month, and they were going across on the river, and the Altarebbe wanted to do Birchas HaChedesh, he wanted to be Mechadish Levana. But you're not allowed to be moving when you do Kiddush Levana. You have to stand still. And he asked the oarsman to please stop so he could do Kiddush Levana. Of course the oarsman refused. So the boat stopped. And the oarsman worked very diligently and hard to get it to continue moving and it wouldn't move. Finally he, the Altarebbe, relented and let it move. The man saw that the Altarebbe was no simple person. The Altarebbe wants it to stop. It has to stop. And he stopped the ship for the Altarebbe, and the Altarebbe did Kirish Dvana. Later, when they asked the Altarebbe, why didn't you do Kirish Dvana when you stopped the boat the first time? Altarebbe said he didn't want to do it through a miracle. He wanted to do it through normal, natural ways, and therefore let the oarsman stop the boat first by his own. So similarly here, when we heard this story that the ambulance didn't start and now the ambulance, the other ambulance took him, we understood. The problem was that Shaita and Chavzai and other, we also didn't feel the severity Although the Rebbe had suffered a massive stroke, and the Rebbe was in a very severe condition, but for those of us that had, as we say in America, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, you know, maybe you're not paying the right place. What are you paying for? The Skype premium. Do I go back on Skype see what's happening? Yeah, it looks like it's working. It's working anyway now. Just got a lot of work. Yeah, the problem with the payment. Okay. In just like in Tavshin Lamed Ches, where the doctors had given up hope, the doctors literally told the Gaboyim to please tell the Chassidim, prepare the Chassidim, because they didn't think the Rebbe would come out in the morning anymore, and the Rebbe wouldn't make through the morning. Tavshin Numbez, Chavzai and others, we thought the same. The Rebbe was talking not well, but the Rebbe is the Rebbe. For the Rebbe not to pull out of it was not something that we could grasp. Ultimately, down the line, today, We look in retrospect and we see that Chazai and other was the beginning of the major, major separation that we suffer today from the Rebbe. Separation on a level that we have to real, really find ourselves to deal with. We lived off stories such as the story of the Fabrengen where the doctor approached the Rebbe, the Rebbe saw the Rebbe talking 
for quite a long time, and talking is very exert, exerting. And he saw the Rebbe talking and talking by a Febregen, and then the Rebbe took a break. Well, the Chassidim was saying L'chaim, and seeing a nigan, the doctor leaned over and told the Rebbe, you should take it easy. It's a little too hard for the Rebbe what he's doing. He should make a shorter Febregen. The Rebbe has to understand that there's a 25 or 35 percent chance that he can get, he can be struck again by a heart attack. The Rebbe didn't respond. It was saying L'chaim to Chassidim. So the doctor wanted to make sure he got his point across, so he repeated it. Again, the Rebbe, was not, there was no response. The doctor had treated the Rebbe, so he was a little closer, friendlier, Unlike the average chassid who would never do as such, he grabbed hold of the Rebbe's arm to get the Rebbe's attention. Does the Rebbe hear what I'm saying to him? Yes. And the Rebbe turned around and said, yeah, I heard exactly what you said. There's a 75 percent chance that this will not happen again. And then the Rebbe asked afterwards that this doctor should not, should not treat him anymore because he's a pessimist. The Rebbe says we have to live with optimism. And that's what Chedesh Adah is all about, optimism, Simcha. Imad Futafas tells a story <coughs> of a uh, young w- fellow who wanted to become a wagon driver. He wanted to learn how to become a wagon driver. It's from the menial tasks. It's from these lower things, lower level educations that you need to become a wagon driver. But he wants, you have to learn something. So he went to the two older wagon drivers, and as they say in America, they taught him the ropes. They trained him. Then they decided they're going to have some fun with their new young upstart. And they sat him down on a table by a table. The two of them sat across, and they started to give him an oral test. What do you do if the wheel breaks? And he had to think, and he thought, and he. He answered. What do you do if the horse goes crazy? Answered. <coughs> Fine, I asked him, what happens if the wheels all fall off and the horse and you and the wagon get stuck in quicksand and the horse is already up to his neck in the quicksand? What are you going to do? So he looked very straight at these people. As straight as they were looking at him, he looked back. And he said, huh, I'll jump off the wagon get out of the quicksand, look at the horse and laugh. So I said, okay, I understand you'll jump off the wagon. I understand you'll get out of the quicksand. Well, you'd laugh. So you want me to cry? <laughs> if I cry, it'll help. So I laugh. This is the attitude we have to have. The end result has to be simcha. has to be a happiness, has to be a smile. We're up to Simcha. For those keeping score at home, the Gemara in Tainus, Chavtes, the bottom of Amr Aleph, Rashi tells us, You may listen how you will Yisrael put him. I'm getting called in from Skype. Skype. The days of miracles, miraculous days, we spoke about this last week as well. And of course, the question that comes up, Mishanichnas Adr, we're talking about. If we're talking about Adr, Pesach, Mandakarshme, where does Pesach come into the dimension? The truth of the matter is, we have a question even about Purim. The miracle of Purim was the 13th day of Adar. It was the 13th day of Adar. Why Mishanichnas Adar Why when the month starts we We should wait till the 13th. The truth is though, 
the source of the simcha of Chedesh Adar is Zion Adar. The birth date of Meshach Rabbeinu. And therefore, on the birth date of somebody's guy's born in a certain month, it's his month. This is his month. So the whole month is blessed by the concept of being Meshach's month, because it was his birthday. And we see also the Gemara, again in Megillah, on Daf Yud Gimel Amad Beis, 13 side 2, for those keeping score at home. Haman decided to do a lottery to see when to cause this decree on the Jews. When the decree, aha, uh-huh, coming through. When the decree, I don't know, do you see me? No. When the decree fell out on the month of Adar, <coughs> he was very happy. Because Haman knew that on the month of Adar is the yard site of Meshach Rabbeinu. Meshach Rabbeinu passed away. So if Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, then it must be a bad month for the Jews. This is a bad month for the Jews, so it's good that this is the girl, this is when it came out. What he didn't realize is that Moshe Rabbeinu was born as well. And therefore Moshe has the connection, the influence on this month, the entire month, that it reverts to Yoga in Vesimcha to happiness and protection. <coughs> Hence the miracle of Purim. So now that we know that this whole thing that Rashi meant to say by adding Purim and Pesach together is really starting from this special date of Zion Other, the seventh day of Other. From the Zion other falls continues the Simcha of Purim <coughs> and also comes about the miracle of Pesach. Because on the day of Pesach, the week miracle of Pesach is the time when the Savior of the Eden was born. The day Pesach is, is was brought about by the redemption of Moshe Rabbeinu, who is the savior of the Eden, and Moshe Ugeirishin Ugeirachrin, he is the original redeemer, and ultimately will be the final redeemer, and therefore Moshe Rabbeinu is the one that has the whole simcha of being born in other, which leads into the month of Pesach. So therefore it's not only Purim that brings about the beauty and the greatness of the happiness of other, but the birth of Meshach Rabbeinu. <coughs> and that's why it's not only other Shani. That's why it goes through the entire two months. Because Meshach, according to the Yamada in Seita, for those keeping score at home on Yedbeis, Amit Beis, 12 side 2, the Yamada in Seita tells us that Meshach was born in other Ishan. And therefore, Mishanichnas other Marvin Besimcha. He goes back to other. Chamsefa asks a question. Chamsefa has a very intriguing question. It's brought down on the Shaya Sachuvas on Erechayim. Why does the Rambam, who talks about all the mitzvahs in his Yad HaKazoka, in the Sefer Rambam, Yad Chazokeh, why does the Rambam omit the mitzvah of Mishanichnas Adar Marm B'Simcha? Why 
So we probably would have to say that the concept of Mishinichnas Adam Al Besimcha comes from a source. The truth, it probably needs a new computer. <laughs> but it could be also, it could also be that because you didn't have the premium, we're not a premium member. And if you're not premium, then you're not going to get it. Yes. The source is a Gemara in Shabbos for those keeping score at home. Taflamid Omid Beis. 30 side 2. Some place where you don't announce. The Gemara tells us Rav Yehuda Bereid Rav Shmuel Barshilas in the name of Rav. Shmuel Barshilas just for the records, was most famous for being an extremely devoted teacher. He was very devoted to his students. Hence the Gemara that tells us a story of Shmuel Bashilas, who was once walking in a garden, a very beautiful garden. And he was walking in the garden and someone walked over to him and said to him, you are strolling through a garden? You, the most devoted teacher, who's always so worried about his students, are strolling now in a garden? Where, where are your students? So he answers, Tleishar Shana, the Gemara says, 13 years I have not walked in this garden. I miss it very much. And even though that I'm here the first time in 13 years, I'm still thinking about my students. I'm enjoying. I'm taking it all in. <coughs> but my main focus is my students. Returning to the Gemara in Shabbos, that brings down this extra word from Rabbi Yehuda Ben Rav Shmuel Bashilas in the name of Rav. Vishavachtiani esasimcha. I praise, I find the happiness, I find greatness. In the concept of simcha, which is simcha shal mitzvah. Well, the simcha mazeritza is the simcha she'ene shal mitzvah. And what is this? What is the ultimate and end result of a person who has a simcha without a mitzvah involved? Chedeh, from the words of Rabbi Yehuda Barshid, Rabbi Yehuda, he goes according to his opinion. Which after he brings down a Masech to Shabbos, that what is a proper Simcha is a Simcha Shal Mitzvah. If it's just regular Simcha, it's a Simcha Mawais. Mawais. Whoops. This doesn't work. Let me, okay, let me add you differently. The simcha, the true simcha, is a simcha only of a mitzvah, but if not of a mitzvah, it's a mazaisa. In Mesechtis Tainus, he excludes, he takes out the month of Adar, because Adar it's not a simcha shal mitzvah. Since it's not a simcha shal mitzvah, he doesn't include it here. He says simcha, true simcha, is only a simcha of mitzvah. The Rambam, on the other hand, doesn't hold like that. Doesn't hold according to Rabbi Yehuda's opinion that the singing of simcha bechlal. But he writes that a person has to be Sameach Kol Yomov. Always happy. So the opinion of the Rambam in that, for their case, that case is that a person needs to be Besimcha the whole time, throughout the year. Not only Chedesh other. And therefore he omits Mishanichnas other Marv Besimcha. And that's why also the Shulchan Aruch itself 
and the Ramah doesn't bring down this halacha in the Maimah. Mishinich Nesadar. Because it also holds that Simcha has to be Simcha Tomid. Has to be perpetual. And the, the Ramah writes at the end of, the end of Hilchus Megillah, V'tev Leiv Mishta Tomid is the last halacha. V'tev Leiv Mishta Tomid. That a good heart is always in simcha and happiness, enjoy, enjoying meal. And the Morgan Avram brings this down to halacha. So we can say, therefore, since generation after generation, unfortunately, the darkness of the exile keeps growing on us. And we see from the Magen Avram <coughs> that it's hard to be Simcha B'Kal Yomov. Because unfortunate situations that come about. Therefore he brings down this concept of Mishanichnas Adar Marbim B'Simcha Dafke in Adar should be Marbim B'Simcha At least this month should be B'Simcha. But that is not the attitude that we one has to take. One needs to take the attitude of Simcha Tamid. Tamid Lies Besimcha. Always we need to be Besimcha. We need to always be happy. Now, this is an attitude, and this is an approach, and this is an exemplary um, attribute of a person to know and to understand how they always have to be Besimcha. The question becomes, we are presented with so many trials and tribulations. We are presented with so many difficult times and moments. Where should we take this strength? Where do we derive this strength? To be Tomid B'Simcha. But we see within the words of Mishanich Adar, we see also the same lesson really. So although the Machlekes sounds like Rabbi Yehudah B'Sayin says that only Mishanich Nesadah Marim B'Simcha because the rest of the year we are sad that it would say in that case it should be only Mishanich other Simcha. When other comes in be happy. By saying Marim B'Simcha add Simcha you only add if you have something to it. You have a cup of water, half a cup of water, and you add to the cup of half a cup of water, it becomes a full cup. If you take an empty cup and you put water into it, you're not adding water into the cup, you're pouring water into the cup. <coughs> We're adding in Simcha. That means the whole year we have a Simcha. On other we have to add the Simcha. This year we have a double portion. We add the first other, and then we add the second other even more. Every day we continue adding. Other body takiv mazli, other body mazli. Mazl of other is a happy and a healthy one. Again, the Yamada in Tainus on 29 side 2. We explained what is the greatness of the month of other. We don't find any other month. It's called body v'takif mazli. There's a gemara again. Mesechtas Megillah Yud Gimel Amid Beis. Again, the thirteenth side too. Talking again, reverting to the story of Haman. What happened? How did I lose it? I lost it. Talking about the story of Haman. How Haman thought that it was so great <coughs> that his lottery came out in the month of Adar. And he didn't know that uh, he only thought that Mesha died. He didn't know Mesha was born. According to the Yamada, it comes out that the fact that Mesha was born nullified the problem that Mesha passed away in that month. Which he was so happy about. So if that's the case, at the end of the day, what is so happy? What is 
so great about this month. We spoke before that the that in a birthday, the Zaya tells us Gemara Yerushalmi, Rosh Hashanah tells us that Mazalei Gaver on the birthday of a person his mazal shines. And since Mesha we know is the whole Indian of Yisrael, as Rashi tells us in Pashas Chukas, Mesha Yisrael Yisrael he Mesha, Mesha is the Jews and the Jews are Mesha, because he was the Nasi Adair, and therefore like every generation Hanasi who are killed. So since the Mazel of Mesha overcame this month, so much more so the mazel of the entire Jewish nation. So that's the mazel of the month of Adar. That in this month, Meshach Rabbeinu was born. So therefore we say, body Takif Mazli. So perhaps, perhaps we could say, this is also the reason, the inside, the deeper reason when we talk about two others, like we have this year, because the Jewish nation has, according to the lunar month, so going according to the lunar month, and the Jews being compared to the Levana, to the moon, we count from the Levana. So since we have now the Chadesh other, which Mazel Gever, we have it double, so we have also the double of the Gevura, Kaflayim Liteshiyah, as it says, and we will have a double savior, a double help, double portion, and we should merit to just that. Let us go back to now, Pashas Pekudei. We can't just leave it out and desert it. Vayavil es HaMishkan al-Mesha. Pasik tells us they brought the Mishkan to Mesha. Rashi, very generously says, points out, this is Pasuk chapter 39, verse 33. Rashi says, Meisha did nothing. <laughs> Rashi says very nicely, They brought it all to Meisha, which implies Meisha himself did nothing for the Mishkan. Why not? Because nobody told him to. Nobody told Mesha to do anything in the Malacha. Mesha was mitzavat at the tzave. He had to command the Jews what to do about the Mishkan, but he himself was not commanded to do anything about the Mishkan. Bitzavel was involved in the building. Mesha put him in charge. But Mesha himself did not have to do any work. What he did have to do is teach everybody how to do it. So that's it. That's right there. Oh. So what is what, what is our connection to such a thing? Why do we have to know about this? The main pointer of the service of the Mishkan is as a physical Mishkan of the world that the Jews make. They make a physical Mishkan out of physical material gold and silver and copper, etc. is to sanctify God's name. So too, we need to make a physical dwelling, existence for God, in each and everything that we do physically, even playing on our phone. (laughs) And any other thing that a person does during this day, On the other hand, you have people that are not involved in mundane things. They sit and learn Tata all day, or they teach Tata. They don't have any physical, worldly things to do. Like Moshe Rabbeinu. His main fact in life was to sit and learn and to teach. 
And therefore, he was not obligated to sit physically and deal with physical concepts of making gold, silver, and copper into, into a Mishkan. His tent was called an Eil Mayit. So therefore, the Jews had to know, just like Meish Rabbeinu, although it was not commanded to do Malacha, still it all had to command to do, to teach it. He was commanded to teach everything. How to do it, how to build it. The same thing at Talmud Chachem, that has the, the capability, the capacity to teach, should not only learn himself, but to go out and to teach others. <coughs> However, says Mishnah Pirkeyavis, does a person have to be a sage to teach? No. A person who knows Aleph and Beis teaches the person that only knows Aleph. A person that knows two letters or three letters can go to the person that only knows one letter and teach him the other two letters that he knows. You share, you impart anything that you have within you and you teach this and you say this. As it comes, I mean, ultimately, I will tell you that the the goal of this year, the Wednesday night, started uh, some 12, 13 years ago, I guess, or more, the idea of the shir was simply people should have what to say by the Shabbos table. Should have what to repeat by the Shabbos table. So the Shabbos table should be a table of Torah, and the person should feel that they themselves have what to give over. And we find, ironically, Vayikach, They came, took, and they put the Eidus, the Luchais into the Oren. The Medish of Shmei Zerabah says, P'shash Omer HaKadosh Baruch HaMishkan Bo V'Omer L'Betzal When the Almighty told Mesha, do the Mishkan, he went and he told Betzal, this is what you're going to have to do. So Betzal said, Ma'u Mishkan, what's this Mishkan? Omer L'Mesha said to him, Sh'yish HaKadosh Baruch HaShkinosim Esechei so the Almighty can rest his shina in there and teach the Jews Malamid Israel Tera. Amalei Bitzal Bitzal says to him, Where will the Tera itself be put? And that's why ultimately, although technically the Arin was supposed to be built after, and the Luchas where it's supposed to be housed. But Saul said, no, first you have to build the Arun. And therefore the Lucas have to have, a, so the Lucas have a home. And he didn't do exactly the order that Meshach told him, because his Chokhmah understood differently. What is he doing? Keep myself occupied. Oh, okay, I thought I was doing that. <laughs> the Cheder, we have a question here. We know the words of the Ramban. He writes that the Mishkan, the main thing in the Mishkan was a place for the resting of the Shkina, which was the Oren. In the Kedish Gadashim, the Holy of Holies. If that's the case, why does it be down in the Medrash? That the Arun was for the Tera. So therefore we see from this, the ultimate way of the Rishkina resting in the world is through Tera. The way that the Rishkina can rest in the world is through the Jews learning and practicing Tera. What's the difference here? When it comes to being completing mitzvahs, to doing mitzvahs, and doing what the Almighty wants us to do. But the person does a mitzvah, but he and the mitzvah don't become one. He did a mitzvah, and it becomes a separate, remains a separate entity. Me and the mitzvah are not the same. Like taking a lulav. Even though the hand is holding the lulav, and the hand is doing what it has to, but the hand itself is not connecting with God. 
It's holding the lulav. That's lulav is ultimately connecting the person that's doing the mitzvah, but the hand itself doesn't feel that connection. When a person learns teda, and we know that the Zayat tells us learning of teda, the Almighty teda are one. By understanding it teda through the chokhmas Hashem bekirbei. HaKadosh Baruch Hu rests in his seichel, in his intellect, entirely. And he finds himself at that point in time, studying Tena, his total intellect is bound with God. This is therefore the main difference between the general part of the Mishkan and the Oren itself. The place of the Oren, it says in the Gemara, the place where the Aaron took up was not from the measurements. It was there, but yet didn't take up any space. And therefore, the Aaron itself was there, why? Because of the Lucas, because of Tera. Which Tera permeated totally its spot. It, incur- it en- enveloped and, cl- and, encloud- and enclosed the entire essence of that area. It was all about Tera, which is what Shekhinah is all about. The Shekhinah rested there. So the Shekhinah was not resting in the way of an Arain, but rather in the way of the Tera itself. comes to an end. And when the Anon is going to rise, the cloud will rise up from the Mishkan. Yisru B'nai the Jews should continue traveling. Why? Because the cloud of the Almighty will be on the Mishkan for days. The eyes of the Jews throughout their journeys. The Psukim before this talk about the Mishkan's construction. Why Dafki here does it write about the journeys of the Jews? Why is the Chumash finishing off instead of Vayakil Pakude talking about the Mishkan, the Kalim, the building? Where does it revert to the Masay Bnei Yisrael? Chumash although the English name referred to the Chumash is Exodus, <coughs> the truth is should be called birth. Because the entire Chumash is built on the birth of the Jewish nation. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, the forefathers' ancestry, they were the people, they were entities, they were the pillars. But the actual nation comes to play in Shemais. And this is when the Jews were chosen to serve God and to do His mitzvahs. As we know, the story, it's Yismitzayim, Matanteda, the Shechina resting in the Mishkan, the building of the Mishkan. This is how the whole flow of the Chumash Shemais goes. So in essence, the Chumash of Shemais is built on the growth of the Jewish nation. Chazal tell us that the Tachlis B'riyah Salem is the reason why the world is created, as we said, we talked about it before. This Ava Kaddish Baruch The Almighty had a taiva, had a yearning, to rest on a world. Hence the world. Had the Almighty wanted a world that although it's a physical world, His spirituality still remains in a hidden fashion. So much so, that the world itself is full of klippa all the impurities but yet the mission of the Jew is to take all these impurities and to elevate them to make them into Tehra Mitzvahs 
a place where HaKadosh Baruch Hu can dwell and reveal His holiness. And therefore, Chumash finishes off and talks about the concept of Yisrael as a nation and they are completing the mission that they have to God with Maseh B'nai Yisrael B'midbar with their journeys in the desert this is our lesson that shows us the essence of the service that a Jew has to God a Jew cannot sit in one place and although the Jew is in an exile which the exile is a midbar, a desert, and as David Melech refers to it, a land dry, drought with no water. And when we know also from Yesuf Atzadik, when Mayim Eimbei, Nechoshim Vakrav Mieshbei, if there's no water, which water represents Teda, then ultimately there are Nechoshim Vakravim. There are snakes and scorpions. And it's void of any kind of spirituality. In such a place where there's no revelations and where ultimately a person would imagine that can God even be in such a place? That's where we need to bring the revelation. We need to therefore do our mass A, our journeys we have to bring it about so that we can ultimately so that we can ultimately reveal us reveal the way and the reason that God has created the world. There were thirteen different materials brought to build the Mishkan. Rashi says, the first Rashi, that this Pasha was enumerated, all the weights of the, the donations, the Kesef, gold, silver, and copper. We look back to Pasha's Truma, and in Pasha's Truma, which ultimately is supposed to be a repetition in Vayakal and Pekudei, in Truma it mentions 13 things that were the Melechus HaMishkan. If that's the case, why in Pekudei is only Zav, Chesav, and Acheshes? Where are the other ten items? So we perhaps could say that this Rashi itself answers that question. The fact that the Rashi says in this Pasha is enumerated all the weights of the Nidvas HaMishkan so it tells us that it enumerates here the Mishkal of Nidvas HaMishkan and not just their numbers and therefore Nimnu Dvarim Eilu Bilvad these things itself were counted because were weighed the only things that needed to be weighed were the Zav, Chesav, and the The gold, the copper, and the silver. All the other things were according to their value, according to their how precious they were, but not according to their actual weight.
And this is called Mishkele Nidvas HaMishkan. That although they Nimlu, it doesn't mention all the rest of the things, that's only because those things were not weighed. And therefore, only the things that are weighed, Nimnu, are mentioned here in the beginning. Now we find a really, really weird, awkward situation. V'yes bonov takriv v'hilbashtei sam kuhunas. Kisanes. The children of Aaron came forth, and Moshe dressed each one. Already in Tetzave, it said, But there it also says, That all the other garments that you put on also, the gartel, the pants, and everything. And there Rashi Taka adds that Michnesayim, the pants, also were added here. So we saw already that the commandment to Mesha, I need that list. That the commandments to Mesha to dress the, the, the garments of the Kanim was already back then. So why here does it have to say Vibashtes and Kisanis? Why here only it says Kisanis and it doesn't mention the rest of the garments? What happened to the rest of the garments? <laughs> here goes the kicker. There were eight days involved here. Shiva Simeam And then the eighth day. Pash Tetzava is talking about the seven days of Miluim. Here it's talking about the eighth day of the Miluim, the day that the Mishkan was established, was set up already. What's the difference? In the seven days of Miluim, listen to this Chiddush. The children of Aaron were not yet Kahanim. Only Mesha was the Din of Akayim. And therefore everything had to be done through him. Mashiach, in the eighth day, they all became equal Kahanim. Even the Bnei Aaron worked as Kahanim. And therefore, now it was a different level. So during the seven days of Miluim mentioned in the Tzavah, since the children of Aaron were not yet Kahanim, they were not allowed to do anything. They were not allowed to touch these garments. <coughs> therefore, Moshe had to put it on them and remove it. Mashiach, you're now the eighth day. Now they were Kahanim. Now they were allowed to put it on themselves. So the only garment that he had to put on was the Ksanis. Since the Chinuch of Avedis Kahanim is, it has to be done through Mesha. So therefore, all, even, even on the eighth day where the Kahanim could do it themselves, Mesha initiated. And therefore he only put on that one begot. Which is the initiation of the garments. Now the Kahanim already initiated, they started. Now they can put on the rest of the garments themselves. So that's why now in Kudai it talks only about the Ksainis and not about the rest of the garments like it did in Tetzave. On the other hand, when it comes to the construction of the Mishkan, we think about a little bit of a dilemma here that Moshe enters. Moshe is presented with this major edifice. And it's all put together beautifully, but it's got to be stood up. I don't know if there is a comparison between the bottom, the base Hamikdash and the Rishon and Sheni and the base and the Mishkan. During the times of the base Hamikdash, actually there were times where the Jews were not as rich, and the Rambam tells us therefore things were made out of copper. They weren't all made out of gold, even. <laughs> so, 
So say all these different little things that, that the nuances that came about. It's interesting to note that uh, someone once asked about the, the Besarav in the uh, Rebbe's house if he lit a Yarsite lump for Yisker. When it was Yisker, people were going to say Yisker and Yamtevim if the Rebbe lit a Yarsite lump. Um. And this, the answer was, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Someone asked, why would the Rebbe not consistent? The answer to that was, because not always there was money. Beisarav didn't always have money, and therefore they didn't have enough money to buy wax candles. So when there was no money, they didn't buy. So, so it's like cutting the nails after going to the mikveh, because it's softer. <laughs> Meshe Rebbeinu was here presented with this dilemma. The mishkin is beautiful. The walls, the beams are all together. There's a b'yichatichen. How do you stand this up? This weighs tons. Look at the Mishkal and the numbers here. And therefore, the Abisha tells him, put your hand to it, and it will raise up by itself. So Meisha puts his hand underneath, and everything stands up by its own. And this is the lesson that we have, that we need to put our hand to it, and everything will happen on its own. And this is even more so now, with the Simcha of Chedesh Adar, should bring us the Simcha, Mitzvah, Vashlema through Mashiach Tzidkenu. And this very Shabbos, we should find ourselves in the Shalayim, Irak Kedesh. Shabbat Shalom to all.